0: Our graduation Sunday is always an exciting time for me. I love to see the, the pictures and read the stories of how our students have used their time over those 12 years in school. Graduation is always an exciting time. It's a time that we all look forward to for years as children we looked forward to graduating as parents we looked forward to that moment where our kids graduate and when we're in school how many times have you said I just can't wait till I graduate right because then I will be able to and you fill in the blank right I'll be able to right we all have and guess what graduates that time is now you are able to say that it's finally here you are finally able to tell your parents I am going to do this now right it took 18 years but it's finally here this past Friday our our son Brayden had his fifth grade promotion at his elementary school and we watched as proud parents as they recognized him and his achievements And then afterwards, seeing him just hang out with his friends and want to get pictures with all of his friends at school, it it got me to thinking about my time when I graduated high school. And it was a warm, hot June day, and there was no air conditioning in that building. Yet I was so excited that day to celebrate with my family, to celebrate with my friends, this huge accomplishment in my life. And after the graduation ceremony, we were taking pictures and posed with friends and family for what seemed like thousands of pictures. I think it's one of the reasons why I don't like to get my picture taken now. But back then, there was no digital cameras. All cameras used film, so we couldn't see if the picture turned out. We had to wait until we took it to the store to have it developed, and so, To make matters worse, I couldn't take it right away because we had to go out to lunch and then we had our senior all-night party that night. And so the next morning when I returned home, I couldn't wait to see all those photos that we had taken to just relive those moments and those memories. And so when I walked through that door the next morning and I saw my mom, I said, Mom, I wanna see my pictures, where are my pictures? And she said, Corey, sit down. How many know that's never a good thing when parents say, sit down, right? And then she began to tell me that as we were taking those photos, they discovered later on that night that there was no film in that camera. (laughs) Did that ever happen to you, right? Right? Maybe not in a moment like that, but Right? we've all been there <laughs> back in the day. We laugh about it now, and I was able to get some photos from friends that they have taken of me, and, and it's one of those times where we just sit back and laugh about it. But when we graduate from high school, we begin to travel the road to adulthood. In other words, graduating from high school is, is not the end, it's really just the beginning of a new journey. See, our memories are frozen in time. They're pictures in our minds of happiness, sadness, and joy. Though I don't have those pictures, I still remember the moment. I still remember the, with fond memories the joy and happiness that I had hanging and hugging my friends and experiencing that day. I still remember the sadness when my mother told me there was no film in that camera, right? but our memories, they bring pieces of learning to our lives. They help us to to grow and to think. They etch lessons and concepts into our hearts and to be drawn again and again for the future. They're precious moments of time. They'll never be forgotten or discarded. And like I said, though I don't have all those pictures that my family had taken of me during that day, I have the memories. And I can look back and think back to that day, that moment. Over the course of the 12 years we were in school, time seemed to go by pretty slowly. But looking back upon it now, it seemed like those years just flew by. And now that I'm married, I have kids, it seems like my kids are just growing up so fast that time is moving even faster. And in the Bible, it encourages us that as we walk with God, as we pursue a passionate relationship with Him, that we can enjoy the ride of life that we have as we hold on to Him and as we make the most out of our time. Each morning we wake up as a new day that God has given us. And time is precious, and it's not to be wasted or or used unwisely. And so this morning, I want us to look at how, not just for our students or our graduates, how they can take the next steps in life and how they can be successful. But I believe all of us, whether we're, we're single, whether we're parents or grandparents, God has called each of us to use our time wisely, to invest into the students and to invest into others and use our time the way that God wants us to. And so will you stand with me this morning out of honor of reading the Word of God? It's found in Psalm chapter 90, verse 10. It says, We can expect 70 years or maybe 80 if we're healthy, but even our best years bring trouble and sorrow. Suddenly our time is up and we disappear. No one knows the full power of your furious anger, but it is as great as the fear that we owe to you. Teach us to use wisely all the time that we have. Let's pray. God, this morning, as we just read, you have given us these precious days. You have given us this time. And this morning, as we celebrate and honor our students for this wonderful achievement, may they know that this is not the end, but the beginning of a journey that you have called them to to walk hand in hand with, to be led by you. And I pray this morning that for each and every one of us, that as we look at your word, may you help us to be able to apply it to our lives so that we can use the time, the days that you've given us for you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Whether you're graduating from high school and trying to figure out those next steps in life. Or maybe you find yourself in the middle of raising teenagers and each night when you put your head on that pillow, you just thank God that you got through another night, right? Or maybe you are about to retire and you're wondering, what are you going to do with all that newfound freedom and free time that you have on your hands? I want you to know, if that's you, come find me and I'll give you something to do. But I want you to know this. God has a plan for you. Whether you are in elementary school or whether you are graduated or whether you're about to retire, God still has a plan for you. I don't know about you, but I like to have a plan. I like to look at things and I like to try to figure out the steps and the action steps. And I like to look at and say, well, if I do this, what will happen? And if I do this, what will happen? I like to have a plan. And like the A-team, I just love it when my plans come together, right? I like to figure out what I'm going to do. I like to look at all the details because I believe God is in the details. But so often in life, what happens is we don't share all the details of our plans with those that are with us on that journey. There's a phrase that happens pretty much guaranteed every time you're in a car. And that phrase is, Are we there yet? Right? Those infamous words that parents always seem to hear from the back seat during those family outings, during those long road trips. Are we there yet? This spring break, we we drove down to Florida and we surprised our kids by taking them to Disney World. After much consideration and checking airfare prices and looking and seeing how they just skyrocketed and doubled and tripled in price because of spring break, we decided to drive. And I checked, I looked at how many miles it was gonna be and what Google and Apple Maps both said that how long it was gonna take, and we still decided to drive that 16-hour drive that actually turned into 20, right? And I have to say, for the most part, our kids did great. Yet every once in a while, that question popped up, that question that all parents dread to hear. Are we there yet, right? But have you ever thought about that question from their point of view? Have you ever put yourself in their shoes? See, we sat down and we shared with them before we left that we were going to take them to Disney. We shared that we were going to drive. We shared that it was going to be a long trip. But we didn't pull out a map. We didn't show them the route we were going to take. We just talked to them. During all that planning, we never sat down with them and and discussed the route and how long it was going to take, and we didn't stop and let them know where the optimal spots were for breaks and restaurants. We didn't do that with them. We didn't do that because for the most part, they, they wouldn't understand, and besides that, five minutes down the road, they were going to forget anyway, right? When you tell a child that you're taking them to Disney World, they don't care about the details. They just want to see Disney. They, they just, when they, when they go to Disney, they just want to see Mickey, Elsa and Anna, and ride the rides, right? You see, are we there yet? That question from the backseat is not about the details. It's about the waiting. It's about the waiting. They want the waiting to stop. As a child, waiting is brutal. It's torture, and even for us adults, it's torture as well. It can be torture for us when we don't know the plan. Yet God wants you to know that he has a plan. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster, plans to bring about the future you hope for. The nation of Israel was sitting in the back seat, so to speak, and they wanted to know, God, when are you going to save us and when are you going to allow us to go back home and return back home? And God gave Jeremiah this message. He says, go tell Israel, I have a plan. You may not see it, you may not know it, but I have a plan. I have a plan for you. It's gonna take a while, 70 years, right? So build yourself some homes. Go get married, but remember this promise, never forget it. I have a plan for you, and I am gonna do what I told you I was gonna do. You will return home. See, when the kids are in the back seat and they start to act up, they're bored and they begin to whine and ask that question, are we there yet? What happens in our cars, usually Jeanette will turn around and say something that calms them down, settles them down, and they return to doing what they were doing, whether it was playing video games, watching a movie, sleeping, right? When I'm driving, our kids never ask, Dad, do you know where you're going? Our kids don't ask that question. They know when Dad is driving we're going to get there. Dad has a plan. He's got GPS. He knows where we're going, right? He knows we're going to get to our destination. Now, it may be an adventure. We may have some great stories after that trip, but we are going to arrive there. And I'm going to try to get there earlier than what GPS says we're going to get there, right? And like my kids trusting in, in their father. We can trust our Heavenly Father that He has a plan, that He has a plan for us, and He always delivers on that plan. Graduates, as you begin to take these next steps in life, there are going to be times in your life where you're not sure of the next step. There are times in our lives as adults we're not sure of the next step, There's going to be moments when you're not sure of your surroundings. There's going to be times in your life when you don't know what to do next. You're going to have questions like, what college should I attend? What degree should I get? Who should I marry? Should I take this job? Should I transfer? All great questions. But when you commit your life to Jesus when you decide to become a passionate follower of Christ, when you place your trust in Him and seek after Him, you can be confident that God is going to take care of you because He has a plan for you. As long as you don't stray left or right, as long as you keep your focus on Him, He will get you there. As long as you continue to grow in your spiritual disciplines like reading your Bible praying and talking to him every day. God will lead to you, and he will reveal to you his plan. Not only does God have a plan for you, but God also has a listening ear for you. He is always listening for you. He's listening for your voice, and he wants you to call out to him. How frustrating is it when You're trying to talk to someone and share with them something that's going on in your life. You're you're talking with them and, and they just seem distracted. They're not really listening to you. They're looking around. They're pulling out their phone. They're Facebooking, Twittering, right? Snapchatting. They're looking at other people and they're not paying attention. It makes you just want to stop and ask, are you even paying attention to me, right? It makes you just want to stop and say, Hello, right? Do they even care what you're going through? Yet there's something comforting when you sit down and you just talk with someone and they're listening. They're looking at you in the eye and they're nodding along with you. They're, they're responding to what you're saying. You know, you're having a conversation with them and they're giving you their full attention. They're focused, listening, allowing you to share what's on your mind. See, conversation is is the key to any relationship that, that you have. And when two people are willing to work and sit down and listen, when they listen to one another and they respond, that relationship grows and it gets closer and it strengthens. In Jeremiah 29, 12, it says, then you will call to me and you will come and pray to me and I will answer you. Here, God is telling the nation of Israel that he's going to listen to them. He's going to be there. He's hearing their prayers during their difficult times. He's going to be there. When we're going through some trouble, some tough times in our lives, we want someone to share those times with. A couple weeks ago, I had a friend give me a call, and he started sharing with me some of the struggles that he was going through in his marriage, and I just talked for an hour. As he shared, I just, you know, I'm so sorry, I didn't know you were going through this. and I said, know this, every day I'm going to be praying for you and your marriage. We want people to come alongside of us, don't we? We want someone to be there. And what's great to know is God is always there for us. God is always there. But God is also wanting us to develop relationships with others as well. But the problem is not everyone wants to hear our problems, right? Because they have problems of their own. That's just life. And so you walk out of your house and you see your neighbor and they greet you, right? With the, hey, how you doing, neighbor? What's our normal response? Our normal response is to say, I'm fine, how are you doing? But our normal response isn't always an honest response, is it? The honest response may be, well, I'm not doing so well because of this or that. But we all know our neighbor was just trying to be friendly. He doesn't really want to know what's going on. He's got things to do. And so we just say, I'm fine. Or if we're the ones that ask our neighbor, how you doing? We're more than often hoping, secretly hoping that they really don't tell us what's going on in their lives because we got something else to do, right? We all have problems. Here, God is reassuring Israel. He's there. He's listening. God is taking the initiative. He took the first step. He let them know, when you come to me, when you cry out to me, I'm there. I'm listening. I hear every word you say. I hear your cries. And that promise is for us today we can have the assurance that God is always there, that he's always listening. And graduates, this should be comforting news. When you're off at college, when you're all alone, know that God is right there with you. He's listening to you. You're gonna have doubts, you're gonna have fears. You're gonna wonder what does the future have in store for you? Where do you go from here? What happens next? are you going to end up in life? You can rest on the promise that when you call out to God, He listens. But not just listens, He responds. He doesn't just listen and nod. He responds. When we seek His direction and wisdom, He'll give it to us. Not only does God have a listening ear for you, But we can also see that God has time for you. God will always make time for you. Isn't that wonderful? We live in such a busy, fast paced world where there's times where we're like, I just can't make time for that right now. I just can't make time for you right now. You know what? How about we look at our calendars and we'll schedule a time three, four months from now, right? We're busy. But God always has time for you. Do you remember when you were a child and you got scared at night during a thunderstorm and you would call out to mom and dad or maybe you got hurt attempting to do a daredevil stunt and you started crying out for your mom and dad. Do you remember how it felt when they came running? They dropped everything that they were doing and they came running to you. Or maybe as a parent, you know what it means to drop everything and, and run to your child when you hear them screaming. And over the course of time, you've been able to differentiate between their screams and their cries and what they mean, right? When Ella was just under two years old, our our family went to the playground for some family time. And one of the things Ella just loved to do and she still loves to do to this day is just swing. That's all she wanted to do. And she would swing for hours if we had let her. And so I said, all right, I'll, I'll push her on the swing. And so Braden and Jeanette, they went off and were playing somewhere else on the playground. And so I just started gently pushing her, you know, gently pushing her. And after a little bit, her hands let go and she fell off. I quickly picked her up and held her thinking, oh, you know, the wind got knocked out of her and so I'm holding her and settled her down a little bit and then I set her down and she started crying and screaming and like, oh, and Jeanette saw and she came running over and so she picked her up and settled her down and after a few moments she set Ella down. And in that moment, Ella began screaming even more. And we knew something was wrong. And so we called the doctor's office. And after some x-rays, we discovered that she broke both her bones in her leg. I felt horrible as a dad, right? I mean, I wasn't getting crazy. It was just, you know, gentle pushes, right? Stressing gentle. She wasn't flying anywhere, right? She just fell off. And they put her in a cast and told us that in two days she'd be running around like normal. And I'm like, no way. And sure enough, there she was running around after two days. She doesn't remember any of that. She doesn't remember the pain that she experienced. But what she does remember is that her mom and dad were there for her when she cried out. As soon as she let out that scream, her mom and dad comes running. running. And I think we all can share stories like that as parents, that we drop everything and come running to our children's side. And this is exactly how God feels about you and me, that the moment something happens and we cry out to him, he's there saying, I'm right there with you. I saw what happened. I have a plan. Just listen to me and I'll help you through it. He's always there for us, just waiting for us to reach out to Him. He wants us to cry out to Him, and when we do, He's there. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek Me and you will find Me because you will seek Me with all your heart. God isn't saying we're going to have to hunt Him down, we're going to have to go searching for Him to find Him. He's saying, I'm always there for you. When you turn around, I'm there. See, God is never going to leave us. This verse is referencing how Israel had had left God and when they realized what they did and turned back to Him, that they were going to see God was always there with them. That God is always there, that He never left their side. Graduates, there's going to be times in your life when the world hurts you and things aren't going your way. A time when you cry out to God and ask, where are you? Because we all ask that. I want you to know that even though you may not feel him there, he is there with you. He was there when it happened. And he's going to pull you through if you hold on. You can be rest assured of that. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. We are never alone. God is always with us. But one of the great things about life is that God created us to have relationships, not, with, not just with Him, but with others as well. He wants us to have that passionate relationship with Him where we're following after Him, but He wants us to develop great relationships with one another as well. In life, It's going to get tough. We need others to come alongside of us to help us every step of the way. Life is too difficult to attempt on our own. And we need God's help. And we need others' help. If we take the time daily to pursue a relationship with God, if we take time daily to read our Bibles and pray, talking with God and allowing God to speak back to us, God will show you his plan. God will lead you. God will guide you. And when you do take that step, when you walk in with him, you can trust that your steps will be successful because God has a plan for you to succeed. And so how can we help our students? How can we help one another to be successful as They transition, whether it's from elementary school to junior high, or from high school to college. Life can be tricky. The decisions we make today impact the rest of our lives. And so how can we help those that are younger than us? I thought, you know, we need to teach our students and we need to learn as well. We need to learn to rest and refuel. We need to learn how to rest ourselves, how to refuel our bodies. Studies show that the average teenager needs around nine hours of sleep each night. Those same studies show that the average student is only getting about seven hours of sleep each night. Whether it's because they're using social media late at night or doing homework, students are finding themselves going to bed later and later and not getting the rest that they need my guess is we as adults fall into those same statistics where we find ourselves going to bed later and later and not getting the rest that we need see rest and eating right is important to our bodies as we rest we refuel we get recharged our minds get refreshed and as much as we try we can't live on pizza and energy drinks We need to learn the importance of rest. We need to learn the importance of exercise and eating the right foods. Graduates, remember to exercise. There's gonna be moments in life where you feel stressed out, and exercise is one of the best stress relievers. It's also key in avoiding the freshman 15, and so be careful. I didn't exercise then. Be careful. Successful students make a plan. They make a plan how to rest. They make a plan how to refuel. And then I said, plan ahead. We need to do a good job of planning ahead. And f- we're finding more and more where students aren't learning. They don't know how to plan ahead. Adults, we need to help our students to learn this. Graduates, before you walk onto your campus, I want to encourage you, look for a local church or a Christian group like Chi Alpha, which is our national college ministry on university campuses, and contact them. Talk to them. Ask them when they meet and what their services are like. When you walk onto a campus in the fall, Everyone's going to want you to come to their activities, to their group. The rugby team's going to want you there. The frisbee team's going to want you there, right? Everyone is vying for your attention. And it can get a little overwhelming. Have a plan for those first few weeks when you walk onto that campus. Make a relational contact with someone before you get onto that campus. And if you need help finding that person, let us know. I'll be glad to look for you. I was talking with the Chi Alpha director who's a friend of mine down in the Dayton area. And I was asking him questions about how can we help our students succeed when they graduate from school and go on to college? What are you seeing? What are the things are you encountering And he said, you know, what I found is the Chi Alpha ministry is pretty much parenting these students. We have to teach them all these things that they're not learning. Things that we have learned, they're not learning. He goes, and so it's a discipleship thing that I found. He goes, they come on the campus and they're not ready. And so he said this, he said, they will gravitate towards the students and they will seek out community with those that they are around the most. And he said, you don't choose your friends. Your friends become those you are around the most. And so graduates, when you walk onto that campus, look for individuals who love God passionately like you do. Plan ahead and ask yourself this question. Who do I want to gravitate towards? People who have the same beliefs as me and are passionate about God, or those who don't? See, successful students plan ahead. And then number three, avoid overload. I think this is for everyone, right? We often bite off more than we can chew. And so often, college students In a rush to get that degree and try to keep costs down they take on too many credits they work three jobs and they're involved in four different activities at the school we need to learn to balance our time balance our time between studying school church work fun all all great things all things that are needed Andy Erickson, the Wright State Kyle Alpha director, has shared how students struggle with this. They struggle with this. He said he'll talk with students, and they struggle with turning in assignments because they're not ready. And so all of a sudden now, they'll binge watch Netflix and not do anything in their classes. And then finals weeks come. He goes, and they cram for final week. And they do pretty good and they're excited and they feel accomplished and so they repeat the process again. We have a $1000 phone. He said, "But they don't know how to put appointments in their calendar. They don't know how to schedule their classwork, assignment dates." He said he was talking with a student and he said, "Hey, I'd like to get together with you." Let's have lunch, He's, are you free on Tuesday? And he said, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And he said, do you have any classes? Uh, and he had to think. Let's look at your calendar, I don't put anything in it. Have a plan, let's teach and show our students. Parents, model to your children how to manage your life and your calendar because you are busy individuals And they think, oh, you've got it all together. I can just do it like them. And they don't see you planning, budgeting your time. And so show them, model it. They don't realize just how busy your lives are. See, successful students get the facts. They pace themselves and plan their schedules very carefully. And then last, I said, hang out with a family. Hang out with a family. See, a family is multi-generational. Family is grandparents, parents, kids. And we can easily find ourselves living in a bubble. Whether it's here at church or, or living on your campus, you can find yourself easily just living in that bubble. And there's something important about being around someone other than people of your own age. Spend time with families, spend time with seniors. The occasional church dinner can be huge for you. Get to know people who are not in your age demographic. It's important for you. If you hang around people only in your age demographic, your worldview begins to shrink. Students, you can learn so much by spending time with people of different ages. I share in the first service, it's one of the reasons why I love spending time with Pastor Rick. There's a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience, things that he's gone on and done that I haven't experienced yet, that I can draw from. See, spending time with others Spending time with people older than you, graduates, may earn you a free meal too. When I was at college, I would call my aunt every once in a while and go over to her place and do my laundry for free and get a free home-cooked meal. But it was a time where I got to learn, I got to experience life from a different point of view hang out with them, hang out with her sons who are younger than me to experience from a different point of view adults grandparents, I want to encourage you, make connections with our students get to know who they are before they head off to college and send them care packages let them know that you are thinking of them, that you are praying for them Fill it up with something that they can't afford or don't want to spend the money on. They can afford ramen noodles. So they don't need any more ramen noodles, right? Bless them with something better. Bless them with snacks. Bless them with candy bars. Send flavor water packets that have caffeine in it because they're going to need it for their late night studying, right? The right State Chi Alpha director was sharing how What they do on their campus is they give their students six months worth of Kleenex and trash bags because they know they need it. And he knows they don't want to spend the money on it. And so they bless them with it. See, it's always fun to receive something in the mail. I look forward to going to the mailbox and opening it up, even if it's just the coupons. I I get excited about it. I don't know why. I love to see something in the mail, even if it's a bill, I understand. I'm the one that willingly decided to pay for that thing. And so when that bill comes, I got something. Someone's thinking of me, right? As weird as it sounds, that's how I feel. Someone's thinking of me. Sure, they want my money, but that's okay. They're thinking of me. I can tell you this if a student received something in the mail from you at college, they'll know someone's thinking of me. Someone cares. Someone loves me. So send them something. Send them something. Let them know that you're praying for them. Successful students keep their head in the real world by going to church, by connecting with a wider community. And when there's multiple generations caring for a student, everyone wins. Not just the student, but you win as well. You will be blessed. Your life will be changed. And here's the good news, they will remember it. And when they're old, they're going to be able to touch and minister and reach another generation behind them. Let's pray this morning. God, I thank you. I thank you for our graduates. God, I thank you for the ministries that they've been involved in. God, and I look forward to hearing and seeing what you have planned for them. And God, this morning I pray, may they know that there is a church that the body of Christ loves them and cares about them. And may we not forget about them when they head off to college. So God, I pray I pray this morning that each and every one of us would know that you have a plan for us. In the midst of the craziness of life, we may not see what's going on, but we can rest assured that you are in charge and you know what's going on. And so I ask, help us us. Help us to have the confidence to put our faith and trust in you that you are going to lead us and guide us every step of the way. And God, may we be wise with the days that you've given us. And may we passionately follow after you. If you're here this morning and you've not crossed that line of faith and committed your life to Christ I want you to understand God sees everything He knows what you're going through He wants to help you He has a plan for you if you just give Him a chance and if you want to follow after God's plan for your life and say yes to Him today will you pray this prayer along with me You don't have to pray out loud, but just simply pray, Jesus, thank you so much for loving me and dying on the cross for me. And though I may not understand it all, I do understand this. I need you in my life. I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. And this morning, I commit my life to you. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin and my mistakes. Help me to be a new person. Help me to live for you each day of my life and experience all that you have for me. In Jesus' name. And God, I pray this morning for the rest of us. God, may we continue to follow after you. May you help us to learn, to rest, to refuel, reach out to get out of our own comfort zones and reach out to a family and begin to minister to others to build relationships to cross those generational lines to connect with a wider community so that everyone will win I pray in Jesus name Amen.